What's up, guys? Hey, uh, welcome to Grim After Dark. Uh, my name is John, and this is your war weekly Warhammer Rundown, where we hit the high points of the last week in the community and talk to the best players and content creators from around the world. Now, with the caveat, with our title, our title, I've just been told, uh, is that we talk to the, the LVO champion, or the champion of LVO, which is very specific phrasing, uh, because it's the champion of our hearts, the champion of our minds. Uh, it's going to be Val. Uh, so I'm just going to throw it out there. It's Val. Um, this is going to be the last time we mention LVO for a while, and we're going to cheap out in the guest, and we just talk to Val about the pressures of streaming the largest Warhammer tournament in the world, and the evolution of uh, the FLGN's Ocho division, and, and maybe even more. Who knows? Um, my co-host today uh, needs some introduction. He's the terror of the mid-tables and was my partner for the Long War Devils team tournament at the Las Vegas Open as Danny McDevitt. Hey, Danny. Good to see you. Uh, Danny, the theme we presented for our team, Long War Devils, of course, very narrative, very fun. Uh, the theme we presented for the our team was winning uh, as we took Grey Knights and Custodes to a perfect 3-0. Yeah, uh, which was punctuated with some very childlike glee uh, present from you as you were running the new Custodes book. Uh, please tell me about that. Well, John, hyped up on a combination of whiskey shots from one of our friends and uh, also Thanks, a Kyle. bucket of beer. Yeah. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, thanks, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, I was able to barely contain my childish glee when my uh, Blade Champions cut a bunch of stuff in half in combat, which was just amazing. Uh, I took two Custodes Blade Champions, and they were every bit the hero that you would expect them to be. So, uh, way fun time playing that. Yeah, Land Raiders gone. Rhinos yep. gone. Gone. Anything Characters, gone. gone. Doesn't matter. Uh, just your opponent's faces, or our opponent's faces, I guess, because I'll get in on this action, too. When you told them, oh, you can't hit him on anything less than a four, uh, made me really <laughs> empathize with that opposing team. Um, yeah. Something else bringing Danny Glee this week is Tau, uh, as we see from this wonderful meme here, uh, showing that Tau uh, might be slightly problematic uh, for, for the game's day currently. Uh, Danny, you've had a few games with the new book. Um, is this meme accurate? Or are Tau really that good that they're going to just destroy the meta and let casual players survive if they let them? I mean, it's a good book, John. But like... <laughs> We're just going to have the to wait. energy and enthusiasm behind that, <laughs> that it's a great book. John, it's not just a yes. great book, but it's maybe the best book of this edition, like in how it's written. I really like it. Uh, it's probably busted, like probably. So it could probably use a couple of tweaks, but I don't think that, I mean, like, let's see how the meta adapts. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's just a hammer and a meta full of nails. Uh, yeah. as the hammers keep on increasing. Uh, and we're <laughs> pretty soon we're going to have like two nails and seventy-five hammers. How uh, many? How many? Reasons. How many hammers can your hammer hammer <laughs> into the wood? So, so of course, being being the sledgehammer, uh, Val Val, jump on in here. Well, introduce her, I guess, at this time, Val. Um, just literally chomping at the bit, uh, wearing those FLGN glasses. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite the cackle, Danny. Uh, oh, thanks. You know, as as a as a Warhammer insider, I mean, you oh. as, you know as much as anyone what's coming. Are you saying that Tower, the preeminent franchise at this time? I mean, let's be honest, Eldar are on their way. So, yeah. 
uh let's wait and see <laughs> right so so tower the preeminent faction right now until the eldari codex gets released um at which point we have three months of eldari before hopefully it's toned down by the data slate fingers crossed yeah no no i mean they, they got it right with drukari like First, first shot. So I'm sure <laughs> it'll definitely little... happen the first time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, no worries. I mean, if guys. that nail's a little too high, they're gonna hammer right down, right, guys? They're just gonna right. Yeah, get you can't hammer a hammer, and this metaphor of hammers needs a couple. Hammer. It's pronounced hammer. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, hammer. Well, hammer. Uh, guys, we were both at a Las Vegas Open. All three of us were. Uh, yep. The Games Workshop Las Vegas Open preview. Uh, oh yeah. Announced many things. Uh, one of which that particularly stood out to me was the Necromunda Ash Wastes, uh, yeah. which made it very difficult for me to stand uh, with its promise of Mad Max style vehicular mayhem. Um, what do you guys have to say about the reveals from the preview? Uh, there was a little bit of feedback that it might be a little lackluster. You know, John, I'm not really sure. I don't know if I remember this preview very well. <laughs> oh, that's that's fair. That's fair. It's a good thing we brought in Val then. Uh, Val, uh, <laughs> preview. Well, I, I mean, that a little lackluster, but there was a ton of huge news and announcements that came out of it. Sure. And I mean, my, my favorite part of the preview was uh, that, you know, um, elements of of the uh, insider community made sure that we were well prepped in advance for uh, most of the reveals. <laughs> I um, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, everyone. Slash, you're ruining it. Please stop. But also nothing about Warhammer, the old world. So who gives a shit, right? Yeah, probably lots of people. I mean, I mean the old world it. died for a reason. I mean, we can go on another rant about like Warhammer Fantasy again, but I'm very outnumbered by you two on that one here. My, my absolute um, favorite part was uh, Ryan Schwartz carrying the Avatar in a in a little Citadel like Crusader case, like the new Avatar, like it was the nuclear yeah. football around with Mike Brandt. It was fantastic. He had the launch codes. <laughs> Let little kids come over and have a look. Amazing the launch the code, launch yeah. code. On the case, it was zero, zero, zero. On a one, TSA one, approved block. two, <laughs> two, three, Dude, three. You know it was 6969. I mean, a bunch of mature people there. I think the biggest announcement over here was Games Workshop's increased involvement with the, the tournaments uh, and the ITC, giving more support to tournament organizers, to players, to, to all of those kind of things. What were you guys take away uh, from what you saw or read about that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see like maybe some more of the details. I don't know that I've read a lot of those yet. So I'm kind of waiting. I guess this is another thing. Let's see how the meta adapts. Right? GW is a hammer in a tournament circuit full of nails. Um, coming in, uh, what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if you are a, a tournament organizer in the ITC, uh, and you, uh, get access to the full digital rule set that GW provides. Uh, so that way, when you're running your tournaments uh, through the GW app, you'll be able to have access to all of the rules possibly available uh, that are probably going to be correct at the time. Uh, also, uh, greater prize support. Um, I believe uh, the, the winner of the LVO actually received a 2,000-point army from GW. Uh, and then even invitational-only tournaments, similar to what we were seeing with the GW events from last year. Val, did you see anything else in there that was interesting to you? Well, I mean, Rob Symes has been uh, been uh, salaciously spreading the uh, the rumors that uh, the ITC was bought and paid for. It was over. There's no longer. It, was no, it wasn't even international. It was just 
just bought. It was over. And, and they're wrong. It's a partnership, guys. It's a partnership. Yeah. It is holding hands and skipping through the park. Uh, there is still an international in the ITC. Not independent. Not independent. Mm-hmm. We're code, it's a codependency, I think, at this point. I was going to say it's the uh, CDC now. It's a codependent tournament scene. That's right. So um, circuit, even. Yeah, if you will. So, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm really excited. I think anything that Games Workshop does to support, um, you know, organized play, competitive play is fantastic, especially since they're, they're I mean, the stuff they're doing is, is fantastic because it's just this no-brainer stuff. It's things that, yep. like, uh, you know, get, giving access to digital rules, stuff that really doesn't cost them anything to do, but gets them a lot of goodwill. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's just a, I think it's just a positive and hopefully that, that keeps going. And this is of course, all thanks to good old Michael Brandt, who's, uh, who's I think really leading the charge, uh, for uh, competitive play with games workshop, which is great. Yeah. So, so you have the kind of the two sides, you have one side who sees GW as uh, saviors coming in, giving free rules to the TOs and really promoting competitive play. And then you have the other side who thinks GW's ultimate business strategy is to destroy uh, a player base and make the game be played less right. uh, and be less fun, uh, which mm. is obviously uh, what what's happening with this one here. That's John. That's only what makes sense. It's only what makes like, sense. I know. If I had a game out here, and we should probably talk to Michael Tempe. He he has Outward Realms, a game he designed that was on show at LVO. Uh, mm-hmm. The real way to promote your game is to make it as hard to play and as unsupported as possible. Uh, if Reddit has taught me anything. <laughs> yeah. And it has. Um, but, really? excitingly, you guys talked about the avatar that was on display at the Las Vegas Open. We saw a ton. We saw new Shining Spears. Uh, a sexy new Morgan Ra coming out with his bone scythe. Um, the Aldari are coming, and the leaks keep on dripping. And, Danny, I know Ooh. you are more excited than most for this. Um, as this meme explains the new Aldari battle focus better than I can. Uh, of a free d6 inch move uh, after shooting danny what's your what's your take on the new battle focus john the rumors are dripping and so am i wow i'm, I'm ready wow. i'm ready moist for eldari yeah. hashtag moist for eldar i'm half staff that's, for eldar like i'm ready to go let's get this done that's eldar not elder so you're not moist for elders you're, you're most you. moist for eldari i just want to I make mean, sure look, that's clear I, <laughs> let's not put labels on it i mean <laughs> let's see where the night takes us you know what i mean you know i think it's great that that they're redoing some of the aspects but i you know in my in my uh chat yesterday i said like what aspects are still like outstanding and it's all it's it's a lot of them like warp spiders are still on not not touched so old so old and like just one like are they the last dude who's just stands there like this like i think they're like one of the last ones with just the the weapon on the chest standing around and and you know i think they could have just gone they could have gone all out you know what I like i between, don't yeah i felt i think between them and the phoenix lords you're looking at the oldest sculpts that are in that are in play right now what you're wild. seeing is is the last army uh made to look like egyptian hieroglyphics on a wall uh as they're all just side profiled uh pointing their gun on the way and while what we're seeing coming out with the the reapers and shining spears very similar to, to what's coming before they're not reinventing the wheel of what these units are looking like right yeah uh, they are in fact uh much more dynamic uh and kind of plastic kits which is great yeah. if you've ever cleaned up a fine cast fire dragon uh you Dude. will not be complaining about these kits at all 
let me tell you. So I built some of the Rangers and the uh, Altark this weekend uh, because GW was nice enough to send John and I a box. Um, and uh, those models are so much nicer. Like they're in proportion and like they go together really easily. They're really cool. I'm looking forward to, to getting some more of those for sure of that mm-hmm. quality. Also, the Chosen were super nice as well for the yeah. box. Thanks. Super cool. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Thanks Richard for the free, Se- free stuff. Appreciate Thanks it. for the free stuff. Appreciate it. Uh, Vigilus alone. It's a super good book. Uh, Richard Siegler, though, came up from the bayous and swamps of scenic Florida for only the fifth time this year uh, to claim not only the Las Vegas Open for himself, uh, six time this year. Thank you, pal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how you have a full day's access to this, but wait till we're alive to tell me where I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> but he didn't only claim the Las Vegas Open for himself, but the ITC season for himself as well. Uh, Danny, Val, what are your guys' takes on this historic season of minimal participation for maximum prizes? Val, I want to. I really want to hear what your take is on this because I feel like maybe you had uh, maybe some some backhand some back alley uh negotiating that went on to make sure that this was a, was a possibility is that is that a true rumor yo look all i'm saying is i know where to get the ppe all right you want some ppe you want you you want a baby's diaper for your face i got it okay i got it we got the aerosols we're covered man i was able yeah. to just tell richard ziegler you know don't worry about it everything's cool you just come on in we'll get you in we'll get you out cover of darkness etc boom mm-hmm. Wins the ITC, wins the LVO. And with that, a free ticket to Cruise Hammer, uh, which absolutely Pretty spectacular. Wow. doesn't. Pretty spectacular. Which, does, which doesn't uh, probably uh, be on the same dates as ATC. Doesn't suck, Who knows? I'll tell you that. Who knows? Um, I, 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 would say, I would say, though, that I just want to call out that like one of the things that I was really pleased to have Richard Siegler there for is the feat that he just performed. It's pretty awesome and insane, which is... Going in with essentially a perfect record, um, six events, and he <laughs> gets the ITC championship. I don't know if anyone's come anywhere near that. I mean, uh, it, he didn't even win all the events either. He had a fourth place in there, right? One of them. And he was playing not New Town at, at, yeah. at Atlantic <laughs> City. <laughs> Dude. So he had a he had a just for funsies event. Normally that's like Event 12 or 13, once people are feeling pretty cozy, like they'll run Ultramarines or some shit. No, no, no. His first event, he was like, nah, I'm just going to run Tau. See what happens. It'll be that's fun. awesome. Yeah, so this that's, is what I'm known for. That's uh, <laughs> Running just YOLO lists and calling it good. <laughs> after that, it was business. Like, he, he definitely, he was in it to win it after, after that time. But um, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was super cool. And I think if he didn't make it, it would have been, it would have been too bad. I mean... Yeah. All right, we're, we're we're not exactly making you know headline news, but that's a cool story, and I think that's like, you know, everyone who was around at this time and following the game and giving a shit about this, I think I think they will remember that one for a while. I think that's one of the most outstanding, you know, ITC achievements, if that's something to be had that we've yeah. had. Because yeah, the the second place behind him in the ITC was Manny Chima, right? The Chima, uh, or and he had. So many more events, which is crazy because you think that you're going to go in, kind of post your best scores and kind of do your best and try and improve every time. Uh, but of course, Seeks just came in and did the opposite of just being like, ah, it's, I'll, I'll win five, I guess. Um, <laughs> just, I'll just walk. It's like a walk off home run, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the buzzer beater. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Mean, he's like Babe Ruth calling a shot, right? Like he's pointing with the bat over the base, 
like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna knock this out of the park again. Like, you know, word. So I've been in I've been in the the pre winner circle a lot with with Richard. You know, just because of the fact that I I streamed what, five of the six events that he won. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, I feel like I feel like we're kindred spirits at this point. You know, I've, you know, I feel attached to him in in a, in a way just because. He's always on the freaking top table. Right. He's and, winning uh, <laughs> Yeah. And the funniest thing about him is, you know, they call him like this emotionless robot. But when you get close enough to him and, and like you just hear him talking, he's just talking shit. Like he is just talking garbage about how he's just going to win and how no one else stands a chance. And it makes my day every time yeah. I hear him just go off about how he is the greatest. It's like Muhammad Ali. It's ridiculous. But he does it. He does it quite quietly. He does it uh, to himself and to those, you know, who might be nearby trying to get audio to work. And that's it's fortunate for him that he's always on my streams that, uh, sure. you know, normally the audio can't never works. Yeah, yeah, it just can't yeah. be heard. So it's good. So his reputation yeah. stays intact. For sure. Because, you know, you wouldn't want people to know that he's like uh, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas and that's right. until, the, until the camera turns on. And but it's then a, he what? just instantly changes. I know we're trying to get through the opening bit, but I, I do want to say one There's other thing. Camera. Uh, aside yeah. from his torrents, and I'm not going to put in Nicorette. I'm going to put that down. Um, uh, aside from his torrents of, of, of talking nonsense, uh, I would point out that like at the end of, uh, of the LVO, he wins the biggest event that we've got. He's won the ITC, so he's got his free cruise. I hope he got money. Did he get money this year? Any money? No money. Did he get money? He used to get the money. Know. He used to get four grand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had to interrupt those guys so he was he was there with matt laura at the table going over the game as if it was any other game and like i had to like go up and be like hey uh could we get you guys for uh, for an interview would that be cool but like he was just being he was just so gracious you know and and matt laura who's i don't know youngish guy certainly this is the the biggest stage he's ever been on probably literally and figuratively uh he you know walked off that stage you know head held up high he had a was able to be tremendously he was the most confident I saw him the whole the whole day after you know narrowly losing the, the finals. So I think I will uh, say like I think you it was have awesome this amazing how, how Richard, had, Richard was. You had this amazing graphic kind of pre-final where it was kind of the the versus screen and you had a picture of Richard Siegler, you had a picture of Matt Laura, and you're like that. These are the things here. It did look like a, a high school after school club had made a PowerPoint. <laughs> uh, they were two very young looking gentlemen. And that's good too, right? Yeah. I mean, we can't all just be like midlife crisis millennials, you know. Like, we we need we need people. Uh, and obviously, so, the reason I'm not winning LVO is because I aged out of it. It's a young man's yes. game now. That's, that's right. That's the only reason. That's that's clearly oh, the case. Clearly. Uh, but moving on here, uh, for all of our talking about if you think you're just going to show up at LVO and make the top eight, you're not going to. Um, I would like to say to Evan Thompson, Ben Neal, David Gallard, Matt Laura, who all finished in the top eight. Uh, Danny and I, we want to send out our sincerest, uh, our bad uh, on that. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not good, saying anything. What? Good job. Whatever. Good job, yeah. guys. Um, speaking of, and you guys uh, mentioned Matt Laura, he was he came out of nowhere to kind of make it to the final. I made it through the shadow rounds, come in against uh, Siegler. Um, he had some really unique objectives and dice, Val. Right? Did you uh, did you manage to capture those beauties on camera at all? I didn't. We had our we had our own objectives, uh, and I did not notice any dice. What 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 was he doing? 
Uh, the rumor going around the hall was he had some beautiful Taylor Swift objectives. That's incredible. Uh, I hope that's true. Taylor's, I like everything with Taylor Swift from what I heard. So the dice objectives, the shirt he was wearing was a Taylor Swift shirt. It's true. He gave so real. He gave out some dice, you know, for for his uh, his his like either I don't know podcast or gr- gaming group that I I wish I could remember what it is off the top of my head, but my mind is not good. No. No. That anecdote. Let's move on. <laughs> Love it. Okay, cool. Um, we also <laughs> want to throw a little shout out to uh, Tyler Bortel, our editor here at Grim After Dark, for his 69th place finish at LVO. Uh, nice. Nice. It's all about nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you can't come in first, be 69th um, or yeah, 420th. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, if you can't get that or 420th place. Like, who is 420? Who, who's, all right, you guys, oh, okay, you guys continue being funny. I'm going to, I'm going to look up who is 420. <laughs> oh, we got Danny. We got to start being funny. Holy cow. Oh, um, no. Well, I, let me tell Shit. my little anecdote day three. Uh, okay. Danny, we were, we were obviously uh, not playing competitively. We were playing the long war doubles. Uh, do you remember when I tried to kill Brad Chester uh, accidentally? Uh, that, that was, that was a thing I did. Talk about aging out of LVO. That guy yeah. like, <laughs> aged out of now solid food, actually. So, so my f- <laughs> two two of my favorite things at LVO happened oh, yeah, with yeah. Brad Chester. Uh, one was the fact that I continually pretended I had never met him, uh, and kept going up and introducing myself to him. Uh, That's cool. If you remember yes. me from Charity Hammer, uh-huh. I think I did that forty to fifty times over the course of three days, and he <laughs> laughed every time. Um, and then the second one was I had these the set of uh, jelly beans, jelly belly yeah. beans, uh, and they were like cayenne pepper, ghost pepper, Carolina Reaper, stuff like right. that. And I got out to Brad. I'm like, "Hey, do you want a jelly bean?" He's like, "Yeah, I want a jelly bean." No like, context. God, first of was, all, if someone offers you one jelly bean, like, be on eye alert. And then I was like, "You are aware this is really spicy, right?" It's like, "Yeah, it's fine." Uh, oh, so. No. I did give him a Carolina Reaper a jelly bean. Oh my goodness! Uh, he, he did. He did ingest it. He instantly screamed, "What the f?" and asked for water. <laughs> I let him know that uh, you know, ask for a priest. PM, Only bitch on water. <laughs> six p.m. on a Sunday. There's no water in the alley. Oh yeah, all, all the things were empty. <laughs> we have consumed uh, as players over thirty thousand dollars worth of drinkable water in that in that event by yep. that point in time. Yeah, and in Vegas, that's like three carafes. Right. Uh, and then he proceeded to spit it out and then run out of the hall, and I never saw him again. Uh, so I can only assume that he's joined the ghost plane. Uh, now back to our competitive correspondent, Val. Uh, who came 420th at LVO? Michael Celeste playing Necrons. Gone out oh, to a hot man. start out of the gate. Perfect score, 100. And then mm-hmm. stumbled Ooh. immediately, uh, putting Icarus. up a 41 sliding to a three and three finish including by the looks of it a big goose egg in round six might have dropped so <laughs> clearly went out to smoke some doobies instead of finishing the tournament so he was move. like 410th 405th and it was like hey there's a real chance i there's can be 420th the uh, pro I, move is to smoke yeah. a doobie and play your last game that's right <laughs> So in our newest as they, segment, as they always said, there'll be lots of time for playing 40k when you're living in a van down by the river. <laughs> that <laughs> Which was ironically quote, like the, the last time anyone saw Brad Chester after eating in Carolina Reaper jelly bean. <laughs> Brad Chester uh, anecdote: uh, 
after uh, after the the finals have happened, a series of I would call them prominent players, uh, you know, named players, including their fearless leader, came on who immediately spilled his drink uh, all over the stage. Sloppily attempt to take a selfie and uh, culminate with me shooing them off the stage like uh, like barnyard animals. And eventually, once they all leave, Brad Chester is confusingly still lingering, realizing he's now on a stage alone, decides to leap off of it. This, oh, is, not no. a person, this is not a person who should leap um, at the all. The stage was like five and a half feet off the ground. I mean, it was, it was, shoulder, it was, it was high. It was high up. And, Did he tuck and roll, though? Well, this is the thing. I, like, I remember like, time slowed down. So like, I see him sort of like... Break. <laughs> Six million dollar man, like, like I'm at the he's at the apex of his jump, and I'm like, oh no, I'm about to watch something awful happen. But at that moment, I kind of saw him sort of, yeah, tucking a little bit. I saw him like getting kind of low, bracing for impact properly. I'm like, this guy might have this. And then he hit the ground, did a nice little roll. Apparently, hurt his ankle really badly, but overall, uh, I think he was okay, uh, which was uh, which was nice. So, what's the takeaway here, Val? Like, if you're geriatric, like 40k, <laughs> it's a young man's game. Like, stay out of it. I think you just got to send it and uh, and yeah. and see what happens. And so far, uh, it seems that old old uh, old Chester keeps keeps uh, keeps ticking. Keeps going. Yeah. If you can't make the top eight, make a name for yourself by jumping off of something in front of the top table. That is obviously uh, the only way to go. I um, I also. He may have just thought say, he was crowd surfing and uh, failed to realize there was no crowd there. I mean, that's yeah, awesome. uh, a couple of things from chat here. Chan Papa, all of the stories confused. we have told you today are true and are not memes. Uh, and then Nurgle Matthew, thank you so much for letting us know. It's just sprained. Uh, so he is going to make a full recovery right. to be incredibly oppressive with Eldar in a, in a couple of months. Well, all right, let's hold on. I don't want to say he's immediately going to be fine. You know, a lot of times these injuries on older folks, like Linger. once they get hurt, this is all kind of the the long, slow, like spiral down. So, I mean. And, you know, he might he might get slapped with that injury prone, you know, uh, that injury prone track. You know, it might right. just be something that haunts him. He might have to drop out of future tournaments, pull up lame. Yep. Dice uh, rolling hand gets skimpy, you know. It could get, He's got to check and make sure wheelchair access is good for the site. And, you know. Right. I love that now uh, competitive 40K is at such a place that Art of War has an injured reserve list um, of players <laughs> that they can't put out to tournaments because of that. Um, they're going to pull them out there. I'd say 50-50 shot, we see him in hospice care by the end of the year. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's heavy. Wow. That's heavy. <laughs> that got dark real quick. I love it. Uh, so coming from someone who's, who's had uh, elbow pain for three weeks now, uh, I won't be joining in on the making fun of a sprained ankle. Yeah, that's uh, that's the it, same job. And I just want to clarify <laughs> that he, he, will be, he will be going there to bring joy and and hope to all of the 40k fans. Uh, that's that's why he will be there. Joy, joy and hope being joy and uh, hope. two really great uh, vineries uh, in Southern Florida. Very nice. Um, thank he you. He just drank uh, so, both of them. <laughs> in our newest segment, uh, which I want to call confusing conversion corner Got and it. those are with c's not with k's uh for oh. obvious reasons we see some very animated yeah. conversions uh there's a pun right here as an animated conversion uh a shrek ogren uh someone took a shrek toy glued a bunch of junk to it uh, and i guess it's a bullgrin now daddy I, you have anything to say to this one here i'm honestly john i'm into it like anything 
like i'm just i'm just glad to see that people are seeing seth and they want to recreate that <laughs> in their army um and kind of give him a little homage of course yeah you can uh use them to block deep strikers by yelling uh, get out of my swamp uh yep. val uh super cool conversion does this fit the fluff barrel for you has this pardon does this hit the fluff barrel for you is this a great conversion which is what? something you would feel the fluff barrel yeah, what's the yeah, fluff? yeah 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 it's the part of you <laughs> that appreciates the, the the fluffy fun parts of warhammer so you have your fluff barrel uh and then you barrel have your... barrel is there an ol in the end there no there's like, a, a barrel b-a-r-r-e-l okay i don't see how that word applies but uh no it, it contains your joy oh i see okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah cool 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 um, that one does not inspire joy. I'm really glad that you no. didn't just kind of keep pushing it and just didn't ignore it. And kinda, <laughs> I will say, Danny's role typically is to shoot down uh, things that I do. Uh, so well, I would have, but you asked Val first. So I mean, like uh, that's fair. <laughs> I'm very good at the no and game. Yeah, uh, and then so fine, Danny. Uh, does it fill your fluff barrel? Look, it's going to take a lot to fill my fluff barrel. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's deep yawning, if you will. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this guy, he'll go in there. I mean, he'll fit. But mm -hmm. it's not going to be enough to fill me up. And again, we're talking about a metaphorical barrel. Well, you know, my, my grandfather was about? a fluff cooper. And um, uh, one who made fluff barrels. Oh, um, uh, thank uh, you. Uh, Heffelfinger was a fluff? <laughs> he was a fluff cooper. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, you know, I have pretty high standards for what, what might go in there as, you know, I only have heirloom fluff barrels made by my fluff Cooper That's grandfather. Fair. Uh, Matthew Killam on a YouTube chat here, often confused with the lore drum, lore drum. Uh, which is, yeah. which is a much better term. Uh, we're just going to pretend that I used the entire time. Let's there. beat that lore drum. I like yeah. it. Let's beat that lore drum. Uh, there's a segment right there. Hey, so how do we feel about this shard of the Deceiver disguised as Ariel from The Little Mermaid? Uh, one, should have been Ursula, who is the yeah. biggest Deceiver in that movie. Uh, two, someone modeled shell bikini bra Wait a minute. Uh, for that. Wait, let's yeah. hold on. I got to set okay. some facts straight here. First of all, Ursula was not the villain of this story. She just wanted to, you know, execute a contract. Ariel's the one who broke the contract. I mean, it was predatory was lending. It was predatory lending. Was she did though? not know. Was it? Yeah. She read. She read what the what the she read what the terms and conditions were. I just feel like. Look, guys, there's a very good Malcolm Gladwell podcast. I think it's a three parter on on uh, the Little Mermaid and the uh, oh, really? quandaries within. Uh, so we don't have to re, re, re dig through all of that. I just want to say that this might be one of the finest conversions I have personally ever seen in my life. And I hope to one day see this on eBay. The is Sebastian it, uh, Scarab is excellent. You mean Scarabastian. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, be, thank you. Thank you. I can get one turn. I can do one funny term in episode. I couldn't do that with Fluff Barrel. So Scarabastian is... is it's well, the Lord ride, though. We retconned it to Lord Rem. <laughs> Thanks, chat. That's right, we did. <laughs> Thanks, chat. Thank you for realizing that we're not going to be funny, and sometimes you have to be for us, and then you can pretend it was you or us. Uh, but yeah, it's a very unique conversion. I hope to see it on eBay. Uh, I think that's my favorite conversion I've seen, Danny, since the thick Land Raider we saw, which was oh, just yeah. two Land Raiders side by side glued together. 
Yeah, Mitch about bought three feet wide. Mitch bought that. Yeah. yeah. You it sounds like a Bane blade. Bane blade. You would think. No, it was literally, it was literally two land raiders. Uh, where they put the two hulls together and then uh, two tracks side. on either side. Yeah. I uh, had a very <laughs> poor turning circle. Yeah. It was terrible. Anyway, uh, Front, Frontline Gaming has a brand new 44 by 60 table coming soon. Uh, Val, you guys saw it on the top tables at LVO. Danny, we saw it in person there. Um, it's amazing. Uh, there's been some concerns on the price and kind of the general things about the table. Um, as awful shills, what are your guys' thoughts on this uh, new table? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool, man. I like. I could show you what I'm working with right now. I can actually. I can. I'll. I'll literally unplug my computer accidentally and ruin the show. But it's like it's got six legs. Like, what kind of a table has six legs? And you definitely can't lean on it. So I'd say that this is a quantum leap. I don't know if that's a measurement that applies here, but a massive leap forward. Scott Bakula show is what it is. For for table for Warhammer table technology. Would have liked to see them go with the traditional dimensions myself. Uh, the the six by four give you give you a little bit of a sideboard room. Maybe yeah. if you want, I don't know, play a little Warhammer Fantasy Battles. You know, you could still use the table. <laughs> right. It's now the second time you brought up Warhammer Fantasy on this. <laughs> yeah, we, um, like we have yes. some listeners agreeing with you in the chat, pal. They say, yeah, they do wish that it was four by six. That being said, sure. though, it, it it's a little bit higher. So it's it's nice in that from that respect. You can see these are tall these are tall lads. Oh, I'm, uh, I've ruined yep. the joke. Never mind. But anyway, they're yeah. uh, it's a good table. I don't know. Did you guys get to like roll some dice, see how it felt? Well, you know, I got to see the table. Uh, obviously, with my performance and skills as a player, I was nowhere near a table or event that would be using those tables. Uh, Danny, did you did you get to see those ones at all? Rich told me I had to stay three feet away from it at all times because he was afraid that I was going to break it. That's fair. So, uh, that's and, fair. And to be fair, I was definitely going to do a weight limit test on the table. So, like, he was right to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a 300-pound uh, weight limit table right there. It's not enough. Um, there was It was sitting by the registration line in the hall. Um, I will say there is a picture we can bring up here. Frontline Gaming released a professionally produced uh, advert. None of this FLG oh. and schlock. Uh, with the, the – for their fat bat or their, their mats – they're frontline gaming mats. Um, Man. The table was the secret Easter egg in that. That was showing up there, as we can kind of see in this picture here. That's the FLG table that they're playing on. You know, um, Reese is looking real tight in that picture. Looks tight. <laughs> so I'm going to say two things, and we'll explain the tight thing. One, Val, we could have that picture back up there. Uh, guys, I want to make whenever you win a game of Warhammer, you got to pose like Reese. Uh, look at that real joy at an actual game situation. That in no way was directed to be like, hey, you just made a really good roll. Uh, that is now your winner's pose uh, that we want to do. A little fist bump. Uh, looks like he's going to try and punch Frankie in the face with the other hand there. Love it. Uh, the second best Easter egg in, in that in that commercial is that Reese is playing Tau. I thought that's particularly rich. Oh, man. That's metal. <laughs> He was he was all excited, uh, and then of course uh, Beard AK. Thank you for this. So Danny will never pose like Reese. Uh, winners like always pose like Reese. Uh, Don't tell me we're going to pose like that. Yeah, and yeah. guys, send in your pictures posing like Reese. Uh, just yeah. fist pump, armed, armed, armed. Uh, and, and more to Danny, what you were saying. Uh, why don't you take us through our, our wonderful registration experience on the Thursday at the Las Vegas Open? So. John and I originally got in the big line 
and then Reese came down the line and was like, "Hey, all you guys who are in the high roller package, you don't have to stand in the in the bitch line anymore." And so we got out and we, we walked over to uh, uh, to the high roller line, uh, spitting on the peasants on the way there, which was just excellent. And so we're especially there, especially in COVID when we're wearing masks. It was more <laughs> purely like for for our feeling. When uh, you're a high roller, were... you don't have to wear anything at all. Let me tell you, and because uh... you can't afford it after buying the high roller pack. Yeah, that's it. No. Nope. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we're we're standing there in line, and there is just a guy in front of us who is quite a character. And uh, uh, as we're getting close, he uh, he looks at Reese and he says, Reese, man, you are looking real tight today. <laughs> well, I think said is a really polite way to say true, yeah. True or false, was there a was a bro in that statement because that does change the tenor of the comment. I, Matt, I don't know no, if there was a bro. I, there was not a bro. We were standing yeah. there and he was like, okay. hey, Reese, man, you're looking real tight today. And <laughs> then right. Reese was like, yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah thanks. And then I think, Danny, the best part was when he turned around, slapped yeah. his buddy on the shoulder beside him. He's like, yo, he is, though. Like, <laughs> whispered it so no one else heard it but him and his friend and, us. and the five or six people around us. Uh, it was yeah. very disturbing. I don't know if that's disturbing. I think Reese has been working hard at, uh, at his personal fitness, and it's nice to yeah. see uh, people out there appreciating his efforts. I mean, you that's can't true. just post topless photos of yourself in Fit40K all the time. And get all of the reinforcement that you want. You, you want to hear that on the streets, and I'm glad to see it. Yeah, for sure. And if we go back to that picture of that FLG table, you'll see Reese's reaction when someone called him tight. Yeah, um, perfect reaction. <laughs> mm, love it. All right. Before we get to our guest, uh, there's one more thing we're going to cover, uh, and that God. is the Cherokee Open. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is exciting stuff here. Something the frontline. The Frontline Gaming Cherokee Open is the next big event, and it kicks off the 2022 ITC season. Uh, the new chapter approved will be in use, and the Cherokee Open takes place in the beautiful Smoky Mountains on the Cherokee Reservation. Uh, just a few hours from Hotlanta, uh, Charlotte, and Chattanooga, many other cities. Uh, the venue is awesome! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Uh, it is in a brand new convention center, which is an entertainment center with bowling alleys and an arcade attached to the resort, and it is just down the road from the National Park. Board games will be available to play for free after the tournament ends each day. And there's a meet and greet planned for Thursday night at the bar. Uh, tickets are still on sale for the 40K champs and the Long War Doubles. Come battle it out for your ITC points and have a fun weekend hanging out with your buddies. You know, you know, John, I, I would have yeah. hoped that you could deliver that with at least the enthusiasm that you give a pubic hair trimmer. You know, like just I, I as if you were as excited at, 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 about the Cherokee Open as you would be a trim bush. Look, you can get a lot from promo code Falcon on that. <laughs> um, and I'm excited to save people money. Um, See, like the, the tone has totally changed. Uh, it you was feel, you're grounded. God, you believe was... in what you're saying. <laughs> I it's believe it's it. Look, just I... different, man. I was reading the copy here. I didn't even uh, read it as verbatim as it said. Where are we down here in the notes? Uh, there is a meet and greet planned for Thursday night at the bar, is what my text says. So there's no planning. There's just a meet and greet. That meet and greet, Seth and Kicker. Uh, go crazy. Val, are you going to be meeting and greeting uh, at the Cherokee Open? I will not. Uh, Cherokee Open will be streamed by uh, fan favorite, War Games Live. 
so the, so Joe will be the one down there. Uh, so maybe uh, you can meet and greet Joe. He's nine feet tall. Looks like Paul Bunyan. He is uh, very tall. He's a big guy. Actually, you guys are humongous. Like this is something I like. I, Danny, like I know you're tall. I knew you were tall. You're you're broad, you're, you're loud. You're 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 proud. You're you're big. You're in charge. John, you do not give the like six three vibes, which you are. I, you're gigantic. Very five eleven energy uh, coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys are, you guys are inti- an intimidating presence. I bet you did well at the in the long word doubles just from the amount of meat yep. that they had to. Uh, we went three and zero in games and zero and three in sportsmanship. That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. Because again, our theme was winning. Uh, I feel we played to our theme very well. Danny and cheating. That was our uh, theme. Oh yeah, Danny accidentally cheated a bunch. <laughs> Sorry. Just on, the just plus on side, one thing, it was fine. On the plus side, we refused all prize support because we didn't win anything. <laughs> did we? Did we no. refuse all prize support? <laughs> uh, no, we just left uh, to go to a buffet that we didn't have yeah. reservations for. So didn't you know, get okay. Here's another thing. So slight yeah. beef here. Go ahead. Um, when is Long War Double gonna open? Gonna open up like what the overall rankings are? Like I want to see. Like how how do I know how we did if we didn't stick around because we had better things to do? You want to see how well we did on a fun team tournament where wins yeah. didn't hey, matter. Man, we went three and zero because we left to go to dinner. Look, John, I think it's a reasonable expectation that you're that you would be able to see maybe how you did at an event that you were in. So anyway, these guys are making Longboard Double sound as fun as it actually is. It is. It's a. Blast. It's a great time. Yeah. It's yeah. stolen. It's the format stolen right out of Adepticon. Um, it's half of the Adepticon team tournament, really, which is yep. fantastic. It's a great format, and you can enjoy that that format at the Cherokee Open. Kicker, super excited about this one. I don't. He's, he he was like, this this was his big secret for a long time. He like kept it close to his chest oh. from me for a very long time, and he like, I can't talk about it. It's super special. So he's really excited. It is a great venue. It's a cool location. I think it's kind of underserved area for, for, uh, for majors. Um, I'd be there if it wasn't you know, like less than a month after LVO and yeah. I love my family. So, you know, yeah, that's how and she goes. Long word doubles. Always a lot of fun. Danny and I, we've done it every year we've gone. Um, uh, and I have three great games against three great opponents or six great opponents. I should say. Oh, technically. Yeah. Every single opponent that we had was amazing. Like we were really lucky apart um, from you. You know who I'm talking. Oh, well, yeah. Sorry. So all of all six of our opponents, I apologize. I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfect. I made literally no mistakes. My my goal was to go in and die uh, and score points, and I did one of those and, things. Yeah, you did. You I won. Did. How many? Really well. in, John. How many pube yeah. trimmers do you think Nurgle Matthew has moved for you? Um, man, I would like to think a lot. Uh, uh, and that got us a real good rate with Manscaped. So thank you for your sure. shorn body support, Nurgle <laughs> Matthew. Uh, okay, that, so we've done yeah. 40 minutes uh, and uh, haven't even got through the introduction. I think we've tap danced our way around this one. This is pretty good. Let's, yeah, talk, about, yeah. let's talk about the let's, event. Let's talk about the Ocho, the stream, the, the, the crown jewel in the FLGN lineup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, there was a stream. It was uh it, it was right, let's call it what good. about it? Wrap it up. Let's go. All right. Uh, <laughs> good job, boys. <laughs> good job, boys. 
Uh, well, I think that went pretty well. Circle so up here. Up. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Val, you've done so much streaming in the past 12 months through uh, FLG, through uh, other people as well. Um, <laughs> you've done a ton of streams, smooth as ever as I am. Uh, what did you kind of find from uh, LVO that was different from like your first stream that, that you started this process on last year? Well, yeah, it was the Lone Star Open was 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 the first stream that we did, and I think stylistically was probably the best one that I had all all year. We 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 figuring it out. <laughs> Only because we were just we were just throwing stuff out there like it was kind of uh, it was very experimental, and we got sort of more traditional as the year went on. I'm saying we, but mostly me, in in, in doing a lot of the uh, figuring out how stuff would work. Um, it really evolved over the year from like the Ocho was in 2020 uh, and uh, it was kind of funny. We were we were the War Games Live to Games Workshops uh, uh, frontline gaming network stream at the time. So we were the we were the ones that people were going to the Games Workshop chat saying that we were better than the other one. Um, so, you know, like can't stand still in this world. Um but yeah, we had we didn't have a table, so like we actually moved around with just purely mobile cameras, and the idea was that we would cover the tournament. They would have a top table or whatever they wanted to cover, and we would do the rest of the tournament. We had Pete Peter uh, the Falcon sort of running around doing like table side analysis and and giving score updates and that kind of stuff. And it was a real seat of our pants operation. It was awesome. And so when I was coming into this, I wanted to do that, but like on purpose. So we were going to. Pardon me. Have all these mobile cameras, and um, be able to go anywhere we wanted to in in the in the tournament area. What I came to find out was that that mobility wasn't necessarily, um, you know, that important um, because when you when you are the stream, you know, you can have people pick really good games. I also had the strength of you know we were working with Paul Murphy, Nick Danavati on some of them. Uh, and then Adam Camilleri, and then a lot of really great co-hosts that, that were alongside him. These are people who can pick matchups that are likely to be entertaining. So the the likelihood of there needing to be a backup game or or some sort of you know B story or C story to to duck into was actually pretty low. A lot of games went the distance, and it was uh, it was actually pretty interesting that I it sort of came full circle. I wanted to cover as many tables as possible when we started the year. Standing where I am right now, I think I would rather put all the resources we can into one table, do a really good job with it, and then, you know, do a better job of covering the rest of the tournament in general rather than uh, putting a lot of resources into other games. So sure. that's kind of like the the style journey we went on. LVO itself, and you know, was was a really big thing for me. I was super, super excited to, to do it as a frontline gaming uh, show. And I will say that of all the ones we did this year, various people who helped me and 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 stuff i it, it's the one that i kind of wish i had another uh, another go about on and it's really has nothing to, like people have been saying uh, i think seth was concerned my feelings were hurt by reddit or something but uh, i can assure you that no one's hurt my feelings uh, about it there were lots of things that just didn't come together for me um and uh yeah it wasn't where i wanted it to be i really wanted the lvo to be sort of that like the best stream that it, you know i we were capable of producing and I just didn't get it there. So it was so, still a good so show. What, we had like, it was 5,000 yeah, like, people what, what um, didn't come together. Cause it, like, it was a great stream. It was very stable. 
uh, from what I saw there, like there was extra things kind of coming in. You had your kind of camera that could flip between. What are some things that you were really hoping to kind of get going that just didn't happen? Well, you know, like, I guess when you're doing this, I, I like when I was coming into this, I, I, something I used to say a lot was that I think the technical challenge of just getting video and audio coming out of wherever you're streaming from is enough for a lot of streams. Like that's, that's pretty, pretty difficult. And I kind of scoffed at it. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> by that, I mean, it's like, Oh, come on, we can do that. Like, so we can do all these other fancy things and, and layer, uh, you know, complexity on top of it. And, um, you know, we can do even more than just a top down camera and all that. But the reality is, is that, you know, when you, every element that you add, you add the chance of something going wrong. You add the chance of something not working. You have to be able to troubleshoot and get through it. And we don't exactly, you know, do rehearsal or, or anything like that. I don't have access to my equipment because I'm Canadian. <laughs> so I leave it in America. Canada uh, famously doesn't let you own streaming equipment without a government sure, license. And those well, are really hard a little to get thing a called of. the United States Border Whatever Agency probably would question mark someone crossing the border seven times with a gigantic pelican filled with cameras. Just saying. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I left all this stuff down there. Um, but anyway... Um, so yeah, it's just, it, you know, in, I don't know, you, you guys do creative endeavors, you know, like you have, sure. you have sort of in your imagination what you wanted to get to. Um, and uh, I just, I just didn't get to that spot in my imagination. That's all. Well, I don't think it was unwatchable or bad. It just wasn't up to the expectations that I had for myself. And um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, the next one will be better. I guarantee that much. Uh, learned a ton. Um and just would have liked to have had a, you know, had the show that I imagined. Um, and that's not to say it was a bad show. Peter and Adam were amazing. Um, there was some, there was some comments around like not having player mics at the table. The thing that's really frustrating about that is I have a stylistic perspective on this about whether or not you should have player mics. Um, but the goal was to have the player audio going to the announcers, and um, just couldn't get the routing right. Couldn't get, couldn't get the. Hmm? It's in yes. there. It's in there. Yeah, it's no, in the guy. no player mics. No player mics. Uh, see Nanavati N is what it says beside it. So yeah, I had I had four wireless you know microphones sitting at the tables. We even had them mic'd up for one round. Uh, we had Dustin Henshaw um, remotely table bossing for the first day at least before Mitch came to came to the rescue. Um, oh, so like we 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 had the technology. It was there. It just you know I wasn't able to get it get it working effectively so that. Um, you know, it was useful. I've, I've been sort of debriefing with everyone who, who, was, who was on it, including, you know, from streams past, just trying to figure out, like, exactly what were the best things that we did that we keep and then uh, figure out what we might, you know, double down on. Um, mm -hmm. There are things that, like, the gear setup that I was running and all that kind of stuff that was designed to do sort of a different show than the one that it wound up being by the time I got to LVO. Um, so I have a lot of wireless cameras and, and things like that, which are unnecessary. You can be wired and, and much more reliable um, if you're just shooting one one table. So yeah, mm -hmm. I think there's there's lots of things to learn. Um, and it was ultimately it was an amazing show. We did it was, it was certainly the most watched show on any platform that we'd done this year. I think it was more watched than um, any. Uh, well, any previous LVO, probably with the exception of the first one that Games Workshop did, which mysteriously mm -hmm. hit like sixteen or 17,000 people. Russian bots. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. 
Um, but yeah, right. after that, they settle down into the thousands. Um, but yeah, I think for, for, you know, the GW streams we were doing between a thousand and 2000 would be sort of the low to the low to the peak. Most of our FLGN streams would have been, I don't know, in the hundreds to the low thousands sort of in viewership. So it was substantially larger in that respect. That's awesome. Uh, and that's cool. Having people watching and, and, um, is, is amazing. I think it's cool to be, I, I wrote this on Reddit, but it's cool that, um, the, the the criticism isn't uh, it's stupid to stream Warhammer, which <laughs> is uh, that a concern? Well, no, but I think that's the, that's just how fast and how far we've come. I think because mm -hmm. stupid to stream Warhammer was the thesis uh, that was for a long time. It's impossible to have an entertaining game of Warhammer streamed, and I think there are a number of games, even during you know that we streamed at the LVO, that were one hundred percent entertaining, watchable stuff that was good to, to be there live seeing. Um, we've seen, you know, stuff Joe has done that's fantastic. Uh, we're seeing all the, uh, you know, YouTube streamers who, you know, are presenting games live. So I think this, this concept that, like, Warhammer is too ungainly, too boring to be something that could be a, you know, spectator thing, I think that's, I think it's just patently not true. I think what needs to happen is continued innovation and in how you, you know, tell the story of a, of a game of 40K. And I will say to those who are saying that the commentators should just be fed the player mics and kind of yeah. recapping that, um, I challenge anyone watching or listening uh, to do an entertaining narrative of a game while two people are constantly talking in your ear uh, about what's going on. It's and it hard. is far more difficult. So the, um, yeah. Uh, Sorry. That's a conversation I, I had with uh, Peter the Falcon afterwards, and he's... I think a lot of people know he's, he's an air traffic controller guy. He's like, that's my job. I listen to people <laughs> talking in my ear and I have to hear them while also talking. Um, you know, that's kind of the gig. And in fact, any commentator that you see, like you see a guy on TV with a headset or an earpiece in, is that, that monitor is the producer in their ear basically constantly chattering at them. Um, so yeah. that really is one of the skills of, of live production broadcast talent is the ability to talk while receiving instruction. Um, so yeah, we, we, we can definitely do that and, and push that more because ultimately if we're going to evolve the, the production quality, we will have to have talent like commentators who are able to handle that because it's just the way you run a production. So yeah, we got pushed that and we were doing it. Um, having the yeah. tables, I, I think really the place to go will be to actually give, uh, and this is why I was suggesting to Peter, would be to give the hosts uh, basically a soundboard so that they can bring the level of the table in or out as they need. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, if they want to listen to the table with the audience, they can, if they want to just listen to themselves, they can, and they can affect that balance. I think that would be a really good element of control to give them. Um, yeah. Yeah. What are some things that, that when they happen, you were like, yes, exactly this. Like what were some of your like aha moments from the weekend? Yeah. What did you, what, what were your wins? Yeah. What were my wins? Um, the spectacle of the LVO itself is just sure. outstanding. Um, yeah, it, it's outstanding. Like in my like the, the shot that I sort of really wanted and was looking forward to, spend a little bit of money on a on a DJ lighting rig setup so that I could get sort of lights and cameras out of the frame. It was just basically you know looking down the table into the into the auditorium because um, I think like the massiveness of even smaller tournaments. Um, it's, we take for granted, like if you go to, 
well, for those of us who are able to, you ever been to even like one of the GW tournaments? There are like 256 players. It's like 128 tables. It's mm-hmm. a lot of space and it's a lot of like intricately built stuff. It's, it is a, a hell of a production. And I just think that the visual elements of, 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 of a, a, a large scale Warhammer tournament are just Im- immediately hooking. Like it's something that, that can capture someone's attention and make them sure. say, what the hell is this? Um, so that, that worked out really well. Um, Peter and Adam, I think, uh, were, were fantastic. I guess we didn't, I, I guess that's not much of a, a much of a surprise. Um, I, I really enjoyed in the, in the final round, although again, we were stepping on things a bit, but I really enjoyed the kineticness of, of 40 K. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that makes 40 K boring is if you're only looking at the models, they're not moving, bring the camera back. Players are always moving. Um, so it's very, and, and players move in different ways. Uh, so it's interesting to see, um, like Lone Star Open, I, I kind of really remember Sean Naden kind of like really circling the table a lot, and like really standing over, over John Lennon and John Lennon kind of responding and doing the same thing uh, uh, as well, making sure that, you know, um, I guess no one was really dominating the physical space. Right. And just, you know, how, how players actually interact and, and their body language and, and all that stuff adds, I think, to the drama. If you could hear a bit of what they were saying, yeah, I think that'll, that, that's another piece of the, of the story that you can add to it. Um, but, um, yeah, I think those were, those were fantastic. It looked pretty good uh, from that respect. How much of your streams are going to be affected by chat? Because we've seen kind of like some of our chat right now is going about like comments made on the War Games live stream. There's certainly comments made on the, the, the FLGN streams from LVO. Mm-hmm. How much do those chats impact the game state for, for you guys or kind of how you approach production? Well, I think this was the first chat that got toxic all year. I think, I think we were a bit naive about that's, it, actually. We had though. two moderators. Um, uh, we had uh, uh, Nick Horton and, uh, and Tanya, um, the War Mistress, were, were, were moderating. Um, when you got five thousand people in chat, and if if it if it turns, it's a it's a bit much. I think uh, we could uh, we could potentially uh, switch to something like a sub only solution, so that way maybe you have a bit more of a constructive audience, or at least someone who's chipped you five bucks to call you an asshole. Is that, um, yeah, <laughs> is that how GW has their setup traditionally? Yeah. subscribers only are allowed to comment. I want to say so. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, because um, there was a stream where I had to comment on something and I had to subscribe for one month, thanks Twitch Prime. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't have let me. And we've got some questions here um, about like what got toxic about chat. I think they kind of got hung up a little bit on like some of the, the opinion is are custodians OP or not OP. Um, I don't know. They just got talking around in circles. They were spamming the chat with 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 certain things over and over again it wasn't something i could really follow but i know i know that when i check my messages after the game uh i did have some exasperated moderators uh you know and it wasn't i don't know it wasn't horrible or anything um uh you know it was just it was just sort of it was a very chippy chat whereas like you look at something like the socal open when we got to the um uh when we got to the uh you know the end and it was just that blowout you know the orcs just literally coming on screen and <laughs> yeah. absolutely nuking that uh shine and stracari um it was good for three weeks of jokes though i do appreciate it was good for three weeks of jokes and honestly it was the, the chat could have been crusty and really awful but i guess 
they weren't really. They were <laughs> like it was kind of I don't know. We all it was kind of had a bit of fun with it. Um, it wasn't, this one wasn't so much fun. It just sort of felt kind of salty. But you know, that's, that's how she goes sometimes. It is the internet, guys. Fair how do point. you feel um, about and, and Danny jumping? So I know I, I'm taking a hundred percent. No, you're fine right now. Um, how do you feel about the fact, like looking through some of the tables, uh, the lower end uh, where I, I like inhabited all weekend? Uh, there was people streaming their games uh, from their phones and devices, and they had little lights set up on the table. How do you feel about these uh, uh, pirate streamers, I guess, uh, your events there? I'm all for it, man. That's where, where, that's, <laughs> I was a pirate streamer. Heck, GW, <laughs> GW let us have a guy on their table. So, you know, like, you know, and I think people, uh, you know, especially with the Joe thing. By the way, I keep mentioning uh, War Games Live Joe. War Games Live, Joe is a guy, in case you don't know, um, who has at some point in the last year decided that he was sick and tired of bad streams. And so he was going to go out, set out on a, on a cross tour of, of America to stream 40K every weekend. Uh, a mission that he has successfully been doing uh, pretty much ever since. I think he started at least six months ago. At mm-hmm. least, I was going to say, if you want to know more about him, we interviewed him on this very show about that very sure thing. Did. That's correct. Um, so, like Joe, is literally his his full time focus, um, and he also has a very different style about it. It's sort of like uh, uh, he's kind of like not quite Bob Ross, but you know, he's, he's very sort of relaxed. The players sort of uh, narrate the action because they're mic'd, mm-hmm. and and he sort of comes in and out and talks with chat, and it's kind of more like a sort of like a 40k and chill kind of vibe to it as opposed to i think the vision that i have for 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 what we're trying to do is more of like you know like a grand production like an event that that's going on mm-hmm. um and you know he's very model centric and he's got style choices that i think are awesome it's just he has a different take on on how to produce it and it's very good um and i think a lot of people really like what he does and um so that's why he was invited to to come stream alongside us because i think he's awesome and that's a good job he, he streamed. Uh, he streamed New Orleans Open for us, and he'll be streaming Cherokee Open again. So Joe's an awesome partner. He's a he's a free agent out there. Like it's his stream. He streams to you know his channel, War Games Live. But um, you know he's an awesome dude, and I think he deserves all the kudos and and ad- ad- adulation that he gets. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's who Joe is, and that's who I keep uh, talking about. So having Joe there, awesome. Having some guy streaming with a body cam. Sure. Why not? Um, I think that you know, was we're talking. We're talking like streaming. We had like so that was the biggest stream that we'd done in 40k that I know of in the last year, for for a tournament anyway, uh, was what we were doing. Um, and we're talking about five thousand people, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The issue isn't um, that uh, you know that that we've reached anywhere near the possible audience, right? The audience potential is many 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 orders of magnitude higher than what are actually tuning in so there should be in my personal opinion there should be no real covetousness over like if we're fighting over those five thousand people we're, mm-hmm. we're gonna fail like it's just there's no point in doing this uh what we need to be doing is finding all the different ways that you can tell a story of of, of a game of 40k and the more people who are trying the more different things we'll figure out and the closer we're going to get to a format that works really well that's 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 engaging and and uh, dynamic and, and and does justice to the game that we all spend way too much time obsessing about. Yeah, well, so, getting yeah. that experience right, like the of like you being at the event and like 
that's the best part about going to these huge events. Like it's just the atmosphere is incredibly cool. And like, there's so many people there that have exactly the same things in common that you do with them. Like there's, there's a lot of camaraderie there and it's, it's a really great feeling to experience. And I think that like, as we progress with stream technology, I think that we'll get there, Val. I think it's going to be close to being there yourself. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's an iterative process. I think um, something I said on the credit post and I've said elsewhere is like, <clears throat> we're defining, we're really defining a, a, a genre, right? Like, like dynamic Absolutely. tabletop gaming coverage. First of all, who even tries to do that? So that's great. Uh, so many people <laughs> even making a go at this is fantastic. But, you know, finding ways to share, I don't know, the really cool communal experience of being at a 40K tournament. I think it's, it's awesome. We'll get more people hopefully interested in going to 40K tournaments. I think the, the general vibe that you see on these streams is positive. There were a couple, like, sort of, uh, like, I remember there was one funny pantomime of, of Mitch uh, laying into two players about the about, uh, clock uh, issue that they were having. Um, but, you know, that's the, cl- like, that may have been the most dramatic moment that we had, you know, that was sort of like an uncomfortable one. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it, there's, there's just so much good that comes out of these tournaments that um, I think having them streamed and, and represented well is, is really, really crucial for, for, you know, growing that experience for other people to enjoy, too. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so you have, like, War Games Live obviously helping out and, and hosting his stream through FLGN uh, to kind of help out there. Is that something we're going to see more of in the upcoming year or, or, or kind of what are your plans for the future of streaming on, on the frontline game? Yeah, so we're figuring it out. I mean, the, the goal will always be to have, you know, very good coverage of every event. Um, I, I certainly uh, expect to be out there streaming uh, for BAO, you know, uh, Atlantic City Open, um, maybe SoCal again. I think it just, it just wholeheartedly depends on, on personal life. I think another part of the reflection of this it's really essential is making sure that it's something that can be sustainable. Um, so that includes, you know, um, making sure costs are managed, getting the, the amount of people who are supporting it to, uh, you know, a, a reasonable level. Um, you know, all, all that kind of stuff just has to be figured out because, you know, ultimately it hasn't really been done at this scale before. Um, I mean, there's definitely people out there who have, have been doing it. I mean, I've learned a tremendous amount from from the honest war gamer Rob Symes. Um, you know the tremendous and, and stream setup from that guy as well. By the way, like really stuff. awesome stream setup. A lot of like super cool and and a great resource for the community and very passionate and opinionated about the right way to cover games. Yeah, um, that's true. But that's great. Like you know, I would like to think that the you know, I think I, I'd like to think that I have a style. Um, you know, uh, Rob certainly has a style. Uh, you know, Joe has a style. You look at how when the Titans came out, like it's not live tournament coverage, it was live games. They had a presentation style that changed how everyone produced live battle reports immediately, mm-hmm. right? Yep. yep. So it's, it's that kind of stuff. Like we, you know, everyone out there who's trying, who does something that's effective will immediately get sort of copycatted. And that's a good thing. That means that everyone sort of is incrementally raising the quality of these streams. And eventually, you know, hopefully we can, we can do them you know, consistently and sustainably, and it's never a question about, you know, whether or not we can get out there and, and put on a good show. Mm-hmm. 
Then last question for me here before we wrap this up and send everyone home and, and Danny, feel free to add in at the end here. The the main feedback coming from the community around the, the Las Vegas open stream this year uh, was the lack of coverage for Age of Sigmar, which I'm sure has many specific reasons why it didn't happen. But maybe you want to kind of touch on one or two of those. Yeah, there's one specific reason. There's no there's no stream team for our Age of Sigmar. <laughs> That's the reason. Um I mean, it starts and ends there. Um, I think in 2020, you essentially had Games Workshop covering um, the main tournament. And then um, the Age of Sigmar event was covered. Sort of, they, they used Frontline Gaming's old equipment setup to cover AOS as best they could. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still sort of token coverage. I, I don't remember hearing like particularly massive reviews about that. What we need are streamers who are as passionate about um, sharing AOS stories as uh, some of the people who are out there trying to stream 40k stuff. And I'm sure they exist. There were other streams coming out of LVO um, that are absolutely insane. Um, the Kill Team stream is oh, yeah. phenomenal. Uh, There's some uh, Star Wars Legions guys uh, who, are, who are streaming that are excellent. Um, I think X-Wing was also streaming. So there are, there are other ones too that, you know, I'd walk by them and be like, geez, I'm a, I'm a chump. <laughs> but you know, the guy who's still streaming Kill Team, uh, he's, a, he's a pro photographer. So he has all, he's got all the toys, showed up oh, yeah. in, in Vegas a week or two before the event and took actual drone flyby footage of the Rio. So he had like this, his intro featured original uh, aerial photography of the venue at night and during oh, the day. It was so nice. Like, yeah, check it out. Cool. I, think, I think it's Kill Stream Team. Kill Team Stream on YouTube. Uh, you can go check out uh, the, the quality there. So there's, you know, and the reason why those guys were streaming was because, you know, they stepped up into something they want to do. So I, mm-hmm. I encourage anyone out there who's got a, a taste for live production and, and a passion for Age of Sigmar, you know, get out there and start streaming more. Yeah. Danny, what else do you have here for Val before we, we let everyone get off to the land of bed? You had some great questions. Like it's in because I write I... them all down. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell, I totally yeah, clearly yeah. as usual. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm definitely good. Val, thanks so much for coming on and uh, talking with us on your show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we joke about the skill of being able to produce live content while having someone talking in your ear. If anything was smoother this week, it's because I didn't have to think because it was talking to my face, yeah, uh, which was really nice. It's and true. I'm not a cartoon true. because in true keeping with... Uh, uh, Grim After Dark. With with my, my production skills on Grim After Dark, was unable to get the friggin' cartoon working. So next time I appear, you will not see my face, but I did wear these dumb glasses to make up for it. Heck yeah. Uh, and then hopefully... LVO 2023, there'll be a Serval drone uh, taking some really long building shots uh, beforehand Perfect. and afterwards. That's right. Well, um, no, I'm, just gonna get, I'm just going to get just going to get uh, the kill team stream to, to, to do my footage. <laughs> you want to do a flyby of this store? Thanks. I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, we're all going to be back next week. I'm sure uh, Val will be reinstalled in his Serval state and his mm-hmm. wonderful goat boy art. Uh, we are going, we are back season two i'm calling it even though nothing's really changed uh we're going to be getting the biggest guests we're going to be talking to the best people uh, about something we all love which is of course the warhammer um i will say a little inside baseball we've only ever had two people say no to the show uh both of those have been because they've received death threats so do a better job community you're making it really hard to book this show sometimes (laughs) 
Uh, it's just little plastic space dolls, uh, honestly. Uh, but we're going to be going, uh, getting some Black Library authors. Uh, we're going to be reaching out to all of your favorite uh, streamers, uh, YouTubers, anyone you want to see, we're going to have on uh, to really share that love of Warhammer and kind of get to the bottom of what makes them tick. Uh, that's my manifesto. Uh, next week, I'm sure we'll just have Val on again when I forget to do all that. Uh, but <laughs> for, for Danny, for Val, uh, I've been John. This has been Grim After Dark, and we will see you Monday. Boom. <laughs>